0: Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Catacast. Today we will be talking with some of the new board members, Rose, James, Amy, and Lara, about their careers so far, why they joined the board, and also some thoughts about today's students. As ever, I am Cat Hart, your host for the podcast, but without further ado, over to you, Rose. Hi, so
1: I'm Rose Jackson. And I am currently working as a dairy consultant for Kite Consulting, but I did my time in practice. So I did 16 years uh, as a purely farm vet in in Derbyshire. So I sort of started at my very first job and stayed there quite a long time. Graduated from Bristol in 2004 and a few extra bits and bobs along the way that I never really thought I was going to do. So did the DBR in 2010 and then also did the certificate in business management.
2: Time flies when you're having fun. No, that, that sounds really interesting. And it's great to hear how you did some unusual things on the way that you probably never thought you as your student would be telling yourself. So yes. that's really interesting there. James, I wondered if you could introduce yourself,
3: please.
4: Okay, so hello. Uh, my name is James Adams. I qualified 2006 from Liverpool and to the usual entry of becoming a mixed practitioner, I think because we all felt we ought to at that stage 2006. But I always knew I was going to do large animal and actually ended up doing farm. So then I spent three years working in Wales as a farm vet with a bit of equine up hours. Uh, the, then did the usual backpacking thing. Ended up doing beer promotion work in Australia for six months. My parents were over the moon. And then worked in New Zealand. And I came back and had a job in the Cotswolds that I really enjoyed. But realised I was going to get a bit bored a bit quickly. So then I decided, rightly or wrongly, to enter academia and went to work at the RBC Six years where I did my residency in large animal internal medicine. I also did my teacher qualifications there. So I'm a, a fellow of the Higher Education Authority. Then I moved to Bristol afterwards um, to become head of the farm animal side. So at Bristol, at that time, at Langford, we still had, we still do have a farm animal practice that has to turn a profit, but also has to teach all the fine-year students. And then I also did a bit of the alpaca and the goat teaching as well. Um, a bit of a jack of master and none. Um, so then part, I passed my diploma in large animal internal medicine for the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine. And then at the end of the pandemic, I thought it's probably more to life than <laughs> working all the time. So I um, took a step back, I had some notes in, I've been locuming for the past year, on and off in a really balanced last year with locuming and going on holiday, kind of making up for the trips that didn't happen during the pandemic. And so, yeah, today I've just finished a locum shift and then I'm having the rest of the month off and I'm going to Spain in two hours time. So, yeah.
2: There's a, a very different way of balancing, you know, academia through to travelling and just locoming in between. So lots of stories, I'm sure, from all those <laughs> different backgrounds. Yes.
5: Yeah. Um, okay, Amy, over to you, if you could introduce yourself, please. It's a terrible one to have to follow, James. Thank you. Um, mine's very boring in comparison. I graduated 11 years ago from Liverpool, took my first job in the Brecon Beacons, which was great beef and sheep progressive farming area but it was a mixed job and i realized from probably day two that i wasn't suited to small animal practice for some reason stuck it out for another two years um i think because the farm side was so good you know it was a large animal bias and the farming was great there's a really good livestock market in brecon you know, the community was great. So then um, stuck it there for two years and then took my first farm-only job in 2014. And I've been in full-time farm animal practice ever since. Did a certificate along the way. And yeah, probably about to embark upon a bigger journey in a month's time. So we'll see. And do you want to tell us what that is, Amy? Well, I'm supposed to be having a little baby. If <laughs> Just
2: magically
5: happening. Yeah, I don't think I'm really head has got into that game yet but I'm sure it will when I finish work and whatever else I mean the indigestion on a daily basis is the constant reminder <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah so that'll definitely add to the stories with a, a different aspect there of working um, when you're pregnant as a farm vet okay then Lara uh, last but by no means at
3: least over to you if you could introduce yourself Hello, so my name is Lara Robinson. I graduated from Liverpool University in 2015 and went straight into farm animal practice in the Midlands for 18 months and then decided to come up to North Wales to a mixed practice, although I'm in the farm animal only team. So I've been there since 2017, so a little while now, um, and thoroughly enjoy that job. I completed my DBR last year and then after completing that decided I'd quite like to become a member on the BCBA board which is me to here
2: today. That's a great uh, introduction, brings me nicely on to my next question of why did you want to become a board member and what areas are you currently working on? Whoever wants to go first, over to you.
1: Essentially I think because BCBA has always been a massive part of my career really from day one and I suppose with how my career has kind of gone now I feel like it's a good time to give something back if I can and, and also having a slightly different career now to what I, I sort of expected I feel that's quite good to be able to share that experience I've done quite a lot of teaching bits and bobs along the way and um, my previous job was one of the associate practices for Nottingham Vet School so the sort of student side of things and the CPD side of things sort of quite interested in and in, uh, getting involved with that side of things as as well. So, uh, yeah, my first gig as as a BCBA board member was opening the FAFs Congress at at Bristol, which was a really nice back to my roots, like literally to the same lecture theatre that I seem to spend two years of my life in that hasn't changed at all in 20 years. So, yeah, that was a nice sort of full circle moment for me.
2: Yeah, it's great to have some of those instant memories of where you can click through time and how things have changed You said sort of as a student, you would never see yourself consulting. I wondered if there was sort of anything that surprised you on taking that route into consultancy, whether it was easier than you expected or were there any sort of difficulties that you weren't expecting?
1: I've sort of made the role up as I've gone along, if I'm honest. <laughs> I didn't apply for a job that was advertised. It was more a case of being in the right place at the right time and sort of building it from there, really. So I, I have been able just to build on what I was trying to do in practice because I always had quite a sort of bigger picture data kind of way of looking at stuff anyway. And it just means I can do that without doing the feet boots and boots and the getting covered in muck type bit. So the the thing that surprised me is that I thought I would miss the day-to-day hands-on stuff and actually it turns out that's not what drove me anyway even though when you're in the middle of it it's hard to know that so I I think I have found it a lot smoother than I thought it would be because I'm doing all the best bits that I like to do anyway and then other bits that I didn't know that I wanted to do I'm able to do as well so quite a lot of sort of project management stuff and working all the way along the supply chain with supermarkets and processes and stuff that's really interesting and I never would have been able to do that in my previous job.
2: No, that's really interesting. Thank you for that. Um, as we go around then, James, what
4: brought you to BCVA Board and what projects um, have you got on the mo? So what brought me to BCVA Board? Well, I've got a few friends who have been members of BCVA and served on the board a few times. And they always say it's a, quite a social occasion. And to be honest, my career from being in the university has kind of deviated away from what I'd always wanted to be, which is more Calvert And that's what I find most comfortable, you know, doing, as I said, goats and alpacas. I'm a smallholder teaching. Even I did some equine hours as well, quite a lot of equine. So I thought, right, it's time to get back to cows. And that was one kind of reason to leave the job. But you know, when you become a locum, you don't have continuous contact with people. Hopefully at some point i will actually get a full-time job. But it's important for me to keep learning, keep interested. And um, I thought, well, it's a good way to meet a different variety of people, people who do different aspects of the job and hear their opinions um the different age ranges you know there's people in private practice people who work in research and um, people in consulting so it's just different people to learn from all the time um obviously I can be a bit gobby and have my own opinions which I think sometimes you need to put them forward and you can be shouted down which is absolutely fine in terms of uh things I hope to bring to the role I think a lot of people thought well because of my teaching background it would be more about that and I'm still keen that teaching is done properly and actually that I'm a believer that not everyone can actually teach, which I think a lot of it can, um, but also I'm at the stage of my career, in 40, I've done quite a few things, now where to next, and I think it's important that we support those people in our profession, uh, often who do the bulk of the work, bring the money, perhaps support the new grads, you know, are we helping them with their career progressions, try and keep them in the profession, and then I've also thought a bit about pay as well, I've got friends in different jobs, you know, and they that's us be honest, they're paid quite a bit more money than us. And I've also got friends within the veterinary sector as well, paid more than farm and vets. So how do we keep the pay going up? I think that's quite important to try and keep the people within the profession. So that's really areas I'm trying to look into.
2: Yeah, no, it's great trying to, everyone I think gets to that. Plateau phase, whether it's five years, eight years, 10 years, and it is where do we go from there, which is probably why a lot of us are here on the board as we speak. But over to you, Amy, to see if you've got anything different for
5: why you joined the board and what areas you're working on at the moment. Yeah, I very much agree with some of the reasons already been made, and they definitely overlap with a lot of my reasons. Mine's probably more of a social reason in that I just feel quite protective over the profession and I feel like. You know, I want to support it because I think us farm bets in particular are a really great group of people, and maybe not everyone is getting what they want out of the role. And, you know, we know that retention in the profession is a massive problem for some of the reasons James has highlighted. So, yeah, I just wanted to try and help steer that side of the profession a little bit if it's possible. Also, I've enjoyed sort of steering some of the new regulations coming through especially with regards to medicine usage responsible medicine usage and holding on to our prescribing rights is something i feel quite passionate about and it's a genuine worry that you know as the agricultural industry is changing you know i think that's a role that we really do need to maintain going forward and probably through nikki as well i'd heard that everyone's really great on the board obviously and wanted to work with everybody so yeah it does seem like the right time really and looking forward to the next few years
2: yeah that's great and it's glad to hear that we're not as scary as I think some people once thought board members were I equally thought that when I joined I think I'm about five years in now that I dreaded going to my first meeting but once you've been to the first one it's a lot easier so thank you for that okay then Lara
3: over to you why did you join the board and what are you working on at the moment? So I've always been um, a BCVA member since being a student, and I think it's a really great organisation. But I'll be completely honest, Kat, I've never even considered becoming a board member. It wasn't on my radar at all, but I was coming to the end of my DVR and my boss suggested that perhaps I should put my name forward. And my immediate response was, no, I've never sat on a board before. I don't have the skills needed for that. I didn't really know what what the role required and I wasn't sure but then I stopped and I thought about it and I thought what a great opportunity. I think as Rose highlighted it's a good way to give back because I'd been a member and reaping the benefits of being a member for such a long time that actually hopefully now I can give something back. So I had a bit of a chat with Colin when I first joined about what my areas of interest were And there were several things, really, I think some of which have already been highlighted. But I think probably like a lot of cattle vets, I spend a lot of my day to day job feeling very frustrated with TB. And I thought perhaps TB was something that I could be involved with. I also quite like organisations. So um, we had a chat about that. And I've been put into the education working group and the TB working groups. So it's a really great opportunity to help organise webinars for members. I feel like I'm really giving something back by being involved with the education group. And today, James and I have had a bit of a meeting with Congress planning. So that's really exciting to know what's coming up in, in this year's Congress. And I think being part of the TB group is brilliant. It really feels like I can do something rather than spending just my day to day job feeling frustrated by TB. By being involved in that group I feel like actually I might be a very small cog but a cog in a large machine to actually make a difference with a disease that's really frustrating and BCBA is helping me to do that so that's me.
2: Oh, that's great to hear quite a wide range, but equally a lot of overlap there between variations from helping with policy through to education and you know some of those steps about retention and really being proud of the industry as a whole. So I wonder for the next sort of set of questions, if we could take ourselves back to when we were at uni is why did you want to be a vet in the first place and how did you manage to get in how did you work your way through uni what about any work experience places what sort of memories stick with you from that time period in your life obviously Rose you said you had some flashbacks going back to a, a Favs this spring and um, so you can kick off what what made you want to be a vet and how did you get there?
1: Well I try not to admit this very often but it was ponies (laughs) that started it (laughs) and then I spent the rest of my (laughs) career trying to forget about ponies but you know I was classic, spent every waking moment at the local riding stable from the age of sort of 11 upwards so I knew I wanted to work with animals and I knew I wanted to work outside but it wasn't until I moved in next door to a little dairy that I really started to learn a bit more about farming. I I sort of turned up one day on the doorstep and and said can I can I come and help out and and learn about cows and learn to milk cows and uh, that sort of is what set me on the trajectory to where I am today so I went to vet school very much with a view to just doing large animals so I thought that was going to be a mix of farm and equine in in some ratio and I did do a bit of equine when I started at Scarsdale but as I say I try not to admit that now it turns out my bedside manner wasn't really up to it but anyway um, (laughs) so Yeah it never really occurred to me to do small animals that was never really on my radar. I saw all my practice or or most of my practice uh, around Cheshire and quite a lot with Wright and Morton with Bridget Taylor who was uh, also key in getting me to apply for the BCBA board this time had quite a a good chat with Bridget and at that time their large animal vets did a good mix of farm and equine so I thought that was normal (laughs) but they have since seen the light and separated out so. Interesting how you know getting that
2: hands-on chance um you know when you were younger to get on the dairy farm and to actually milk the cows was the way into really working out that was the way forward for you
1: yeah and the, the other thing actually that I would say so I took a year out before I went to vet school but not not to travel the world to 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 work to say, but so uh, and I work for an insurance company I do think is relevant because I got good sales technique from that and and you know happy to talk about quotes and money and things without embarrassment, and then all the way through vet school really up until final year rotations I worked for that same company every Saturday and every Wednesday and in the holidays I used to do a bit of a stint for them so um, that's sort of how I paid my way through and it was tricky at times because you know everyone else wants to go out on a Friday night and I always have work on Saturday morning but um, looking back I think that did give me some very good transferable skills that you know that helped me to get where I am now so and there was a really fetching orange uniform as well. <laughs>
2: I'm sure that orange uniform was uh, great, but I think those selling skills were definitely um, yeah. needed. Okay, then, James, um, um, how did you get into vet school and what made you want to do that with your
4: life? Um, we had the family farm and I wanted to be a farmer. My parents said, don't be a farmer. <laughs> but, you know, they, they kind of thought about veterinary. I mean, it wasn't very old at all. I think for them it's a pipe dream. For me, it's a pipe dream, to be honest. I remember selling the cows about age five. She shows how old I am. Um, and then we ended up with quite a bit arable. My uncle had a big dairy farm and every time I went to see my granny, I'd get up in the morning and go milking with my uncle, spend quite a lot of time with the cows. I always wanted a cow, as always on my birthday list. <laughs> I wanted to pet a cow, still never got one. But yeah, and then of course the dogs, I used to ride horses. I mean, they're surrounded by animals, really. It was the only thing I ever really wanted to do, which I did help in life, I think, especially, you know, you had a definite aim, and there's no, nothing that meant I was actually going to get there at all. But it helps you as a teenager going through school thinking about what you want to do. Everyone always talking about the grazing, must skit, et cetera. Um, so a bit like everyone else in the group, really, it, it was always going to be large animal. And the, the flint thing for me was, was it going to be far more equine? Actually, at uni, I did quite a bit of equine electives. I did go to California, as so well, did some dairy work. But um, when I was at university, it was very much, we have the over 30-month scheme. And so a lot of that camels were just killed and didn't really do much work on them. So I found it quite dull. I was worried that's why I was going to go into horses. But eventually I went into farm work because what I really enjoy about vetting is the problem-solving ability. And I don't feel you really have that quite so much as smallies. I mean, I could not do the continuous consults. It would, the monotony would kind of destroy me a bit. I, I like the variety. I like living, a, you know, not sure what's going on. The fact gets you get through surgery, you get through medicine, you gets through infectious diseases. You look at the husbandry, it's so multifactorial. I like being a bit scared at, at work a bit. It's quite nice. When there's no one there to hold your hand, you do wish there was at the times. So, yeah, I just found farm work came quite naturally, um, fairly easily, to, and naturally ended up in that way. I think horse worker would have found a bit restricted. I know I've done further qualifications since, but I found just equine practice itself is quite limited, whereas I think farm work, you really still do get to have a girt most of it. And generally, people are just glad, to, you know, if you've got the positive attitude here, yeah, give it a go. They're really glad that you're there to be able to get stuck in and, and be part of the team. And that's what I like about being farm work, is you are part of that team on each farm. And that's what the enjoyable thing about it is.
2: No, I think that, yeah, thinking on your feet and getting stuck in, really being in the moment, as they say now, um, yeah. is definitely what you feel on farm bets, whether you enjoy it or not. But some people yeah. I think find that aspect of the job hard, but I think you've got to revel in it and really go for it. So thank you, James. Continuing the order then, uh, Amy, I wonder if you had any stories of um, what made you get into vet school?
5: I don't know when, how, what, where the seed was planted about wanting to be a vet or becoming a vet. But yeah, it's all I can remember. And then like James says, that gives you a name throughout school and basically everything you do in life seems to be tailored around that goal from an early age. So I did all the trying to see practice, different places, working on different farms, horse places, big places, whatever. I think the farm interest definitely came from like a working on a dairy farm before uni. But in uni, I was still adamant, mixed was the way forward. And then in my first job, two new grads started at the same time. And in the sort of large animal bias practice, she was very horsey. I sort of got steered towards the farm side to balance that. But actually, when you do something more regularly and you get stuck in, and you just naturally become good at it, and so that's how the farm side for me got going. But yeah, in terms of the way the job works, you know, I much prefer being outside, being ambulatory, being part of the farm team, seeing the same people regularly rather than having 10 15 minutes to try and work out what the owners of the pet want out of this consultation. I think it's much easier when you're able to build a relationship and you can make much more progress in a team knowing what everyone's long term goals are and things. So, yeah, that's what I find most rewarding about farm animal practice, as well as the lifestyle for sure.
2: Great. Um, you highlighting there the, the lifestyle of a farm, but I think that whole thing of being out and about, having those long-term relationships is really nice, and the, the theory that most days you actually finish relatively early, apart from when you're on call, um, but when you are on call, it is for true emergencies that the farmer can't do themselves, which I think is quite different to smallies on call, but not that I've ever done it, because I went straight into farm as well. Okay then, last but no means least again. Uh,
3: Lara, over to you. Why did you pick uh, farm vetting? So I guess when I first decided I wanted to be a vet, farm vetting wasn't even on my radar. And I guess back then I thought a vet was a doctor for dogs. I was very much a townie. Um, we always had pets growing up and I loved science at school so it seemed like quite a natural pick. Um and then I discovered that I might have to do some on farm work experience in order to apply for that school. So I asked around at my school and luckily somebody I knew at school knew a dairy farmer. So she gave me his contact details and I got in touch with him and he absolutely took me under his wing. And rather than seeing a sort of a short female tell me who perhaps didn't have much potential where farm was concerned, he, he saw somebody with potential and really encouraged me. And actually, he's the reason that I wanted to go into farm animal practice, because he showed me just how fun it could be and what an amazing group of people farm animal vets and farmers are and so I guess I went to university knowing that I wanted to go into farm animal practice from that placement really and it grew from there I just loved all the farm animal teaching and decided that I didn't want to go into mixed practice that I wanted to hone my skills in farm animals so went straight into farm animal practice and it's not a decision I regret I absolutely love it and I don't think you need to have come from a farm background in order to do it. And
2: that's a really great and positive story there of just you know how one person's real investment in you, um, you know, even when it was pre-university really made a difference and from quite a different background. So I think that's quite different to sometimes the story we get from EMS students not enjoying their farm placements or not feeling welcome there. But it's great to see that some positives can come from that. Um, Were there any other stories anyone had as students or about students at the moment? Rose, you went to um, FAVs this year. What do you think People are excited all the challenges they see about farm work moving forward from a student's point of view.
1: First, I was very impressed with the turnout. There wasn't a FAVS around when I was uh, at vet school. would have loved to have been part of it. And, the, you know, there was a real buzz and the sort of questions that were coming back. And, you know, I attended some of the sessions as, as well as the ones I gave. And, you know, it felt very positive. I think it's worth mentioning, and I, I did mention it in my opening speech, a recent FAVS survey where the students highlight some of the reasons why they're maybe not going into farm practice. And that there's still, you know, definite work to be done on inclusivity and things But I do feel like this generation coming through are the the ones to hopefully smash that. Yeah, I felt very positive about it.
2: Yeah, it's great to hear that buzz that I think a lot of people who went there or even just the social media um, reports from it was all very positive. James, with your recent ones from the academia, I wonder whether there was any more, maybe more of the negative side of more what you think students are afraid of um, when they enter their first jobs. Or Amy, if you want to kick that one off.
5: Less so what students are afraid of, but I just wonder if maybe students are struggling to find some of the similar experiences that we've all had. I definitely have a similar story to Lara about farmer seeing potential and giving you every opportunity. I wonder if now just simply a time gap, you know, there's so much more pressure on farmers probably as there's ever been in terms of economics, but also staff, you know, new legislation to comply with. I just wonder if nurturing prospective vet students is maybe not top of farmers priority these days and I'm not saying that about everyone because that's a bit generalist but there will be some reasons why students these days aren't having all as positive experiences on farm as we all maybe remember but yeah definitely it's top of BCVA board's agenda to try and help this issue because we want as many people going to farm as possible because once you've made it, it is great.
2: Lara, I wonder if you could come back on that with the positive experience you had
3: to get you into farm vetting. I was just thinking on the lines of this back when I was a teenager, social media wasn't as rife as it is now. And I think probably what also happens is that it's easy to hear negative stories. And maybe we don't always hear the positive ones so I know I read an article that was shared on Facebook a few weeks ago where a farmer had written something along the lines of oh well they're all tiny girls from town backgrounds and all they want to do is deal with puppies and kittens anyway and I know if I'd have been sort of in my early teens that probably would have put me off farm and so I think today's students probably are faced with a lot of negativity And don't always see the positives and probably I think social media has got a lot to do with that. So it's really important that we as board members can share our positive experiences because there are lots out there. Um, It's just easy for them to be hidden amongst all the negatives.
2: Yeah, no, that's a definite one. Social media and any forms of information, it's so easy to remember the negatives. And unfortunately, so much of what we do is positive, but we're so busy doing it, we often forget to share it, whether that's just within our vet teams, within our practice or wider afield, you know, all the just day to day good stuff we do, we think is the norm instead of shouting about it.
0: Thank you for that, and all those ideas of challenges and opportunities for the future farm bets still to come through our industry. As ever, if you want to share any positive stories, here is your place. So we've got many social media platforms, or as ever, ring or email the office. It would be great to get some positive stories to share on social media. We're also, as ever, looking for case studies for our cattle quarterly. So if you've had any success stories or interesting cases, then please let us know. If you have any other ideas for podcasts for the future also just drop us a line but for now thank you